0: Hey guys, this is Kurt. And Logan. And we're here to talk about Battle Bards.
1: I thought we were here to talk about how you're a terrible father pimping out your son. What? 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 Nothing.
0: (laughs) Okay. No, Battle Bards is great fantasy audio.
1: I wouldn't know that only things i care about are cartoons balloons star wars candy opium flames dogs <laughs> pokemon video games fireflies
0: do you even know what those are
1: existentialist paintings
0: how do you even know how to say that
1: the sound of farts <laughs> ninjas and electronics
0: okay that's a lot to process farts really oh but check this out
2: lord our is a wooden fatigue symbol Bida oktob mon far stay out with Monkasabu Houdon Fu gali Asparos.
1: Oh, scary!
2: <laughs> and this.
1: Oh, impressive. You
0: can't deny this, though.
1: Okay, that's very cool.
0: Okay, Logan. So how much would you pay for that awesome audio?
1: 13.2 pesos?
0: There's no such thing as .2 pesos. 1,500
1: yen? 500 pinks? Republic credits.
0: That's not even real. That's Star Wars, Logan. Well, let me tell you. You go to BattleBars.com. You sign up for an account. And not only do you get that premium audio, but you can get a little something from us also. With the $10 and $25 packages, you get one free track with MFGCast1 as your coupon code. Buy a $50 or $100 package and get five free tracks with the code MFGCast2. That's a half of an album. For free, just for using that coupon code. Could it be any easier? Buy the $150 and $300 packages. Not only do you get most of Battle Bards fantasy audio, soundscapes, music, sound effects, etc., but you also get 10 free tracks with coupon code MFGCast3. A full album for free for using a coupon code from us. You're welcome.
1: I'll just buy that great audio right now.
0: Wait, but you have to you have to ask your parents permission before you buy. This is the MFG cast. focusing on family boy that was really hard to say family holiday gaming (laughs) but we we didn't want to just talk about because you know you go to your family's house you go to like your your in-laws or your family's house and they're like hey grandma grandma wants to play canasta again you're like canasta come on i've played this a million times come on we want to bring some awesome you know family style games to the table that aren't They're not going to be your, you know, Lords of Waterdeep, you know, it's going to be something a little simpler, but yet super, super fun to play on during those holidays where you've got some time and you can actually play the games, you know, maybe that you want to play that get other people excited to play the games too. We also have a special guest on, well, I should probably, we should probably introduce ourselves. I'm Kurt. (laughs) And as always, D. Wyatt. D. Wyatt. Yep. We're going to have to call you D. Wyatt because we have another Dan on as our special guest today. So as much as it pains me that I have to call you D. Wyatt for this whole episode, (laughs) uh, we have an awesome special guest. We have Daniel Peterson lead developer, and account manager from 8 Games. Daniel, thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Uh, thank you. It's it's good to be here. Uh, actually, I have another title that would be more interesting for the podcast. It's lead game developer. So let's just kind of forget oh. about the account manager for this conversation. <laughs> and Focus on the fun part of my job.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, f- l- let's stick on that then. So for people that don't know what lead game developer like entails, obviously... It's pretty self-explanatory, but why don't you tell people about exactly what you do on a daily basis?
1: Well, on a daily basis for lead game developing, um, I look at new prototypes. I look at game submissions and filter through. If there's something that catches my eye that's strong, I take it to the rest of the team and we'll play through it and decide if we want to pick it up or, or sign the game. So uh, help a lot with product acquisition. So far this year, well yeah, because I'm digging through the uh, Gen con and the Essen games at the moment. I've looked at over 1,000 unpublished games, and so it's a bit of time to sort through so many games. And then after the game is public or after the game is signed, excuse me, I work with the designer to polish the rules, make changes, make tweaks, make sure they're not slumping in the middle. I check the math, the probabilities, make sure that the game is balanced. Balance is defined. That no one has a mathematical advantage if they actually sat down and broke the numbers down into a spreadsheet, and I work with the artist, the graphic designer, make sure that the interface, the graphic, the icons on the cards are smooth and intuitive, and that's that's what a developer does. Basically, takes the product, shines it up real nice, and gets it ready for the marketplace.
0: Nice, wow! It seems like you do a lot, in- and. <laughs> that's it's like just you telling me all that made me very tired man that's gotta (laughs) that's gonna be a lot of hard
2: work uh it is i I was gonna say now i feel like i should go outside and build a house or something like i feel inspired by how much well uh it's it's
1: the challenge is is that you're working on several projects at once. It's not just one beginning to completion. There's very much the hurry up and wait aspect in game developing. And you're waiting for the artist. You're waiting for the graphic design. You're waiting for the Kickstarter. You're waiting for uh, the factory to be ready. There's so many things. So the best thing you can do is take detailed notes. You want to put every aspect into detailed notes so that when you come back to the game after three, four months, you know exactly what information needs to be there, what needs to go into the rule book and also when you're playing and play testing as a developer you start taking notes of what needs to be in the rule book what weird questions what interesting cases come up and i've ruined enough rule books that to know that I cannot write a rule book, I tend to be more too detailed. (laughs) I, uh, so now I can just detail the the rule book out in bullet points. And then we have a really good rule book writer. Kenny Montana is the name, is his name. And he's articulate and well-spoken and he can take all my detailed garbage and smooth it out and actually make it so that other people can understand what I'm saying. So, yeah, there, you know, looking in the background, I did the the revised rulebook of Click Clack there, and I I worked on Assassin Con, and, and, but that was revised. Uh, I worked on Dead Man's Draw. Uh, yeah, so there's a few that I actually wrote, but, yeah, um, <laughs> I can't write. That's the bottom line. <laughs> I understand the rules. I understand the details, but I simply can't write. But it took a few messing up rulebooks to, to acknowledge that fact.
0: Well, hey, at least you're at least you're man enough to say that. And, you know, so hey, you gotta know
1: your strengths and weaknesses. Well, you know, but, even after the rule book is written and done, it comes back to me. And did I miss anything? And so I'm like, well, this is kind of worded a little bit weird because it doesn't get this rule across or it doesn't get this idea across. And I do know in rule books that, you know, I learned some interesting things about writing rule books. First off, people will only read the rule book until they think they know how to play the game. Now, if they actually do or not, that's irrelevant. Because once a player thinks they know how to play the game, they stop reading the rule book and it instantly becomes a reference book. So, therefore, (laughs) when you read a rule book, you got to break everything down into categories. I do it. You know, we all do it. You've got to break everything down into categories so they can find it. You've got to logically place the information where they can look for it when they get the reference. Uh, Kind of an interesting art. Also, you have to use the techno talk or technical talk to explain the rule then you give an example and then you give a picture and for me when they tell me the technical talk when I'm reading a rule book it's like okay I think I got it then they give me the example I'm like oh yeah that makes sense and then when I look at the picture I'm like oh yeah definitely got it so it's fascinating how different people learn and how people different people interact with a rule book and all that needs to go in there so I have a lot of impact on the rule book, but I don't write it. I just do bullet points, and I'll give suggestions about the order of ideas presented and where we need examples or where we need pictures when it comes to that. But Kenny is amazing. We could not have gotten a better person to write rule books for us.
0: That's awesome. I do like the pictures.
1: Yeah, it helps. It helps a lot. Uh, It is is challenging, though, because – You know, first you're you're working out your production notes, you got your prototype, and then you write your first rule book, and then you bring in the pictures, and there's always continuity problems. And this is where I come in, since I'm so detail-oriented, that I'm looking at the pictures, I'm looking at this, and it's the 12th, 100th time you've read through it. But you do find those weird, strange, oh, well, this doesn't, the picture doesn't match with the words or the caption. There's so much that goes into the editing and making sure that it's accurate. But that that is part of the job to to make that happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can't even I can't even imagine going over and over it again just because you know like me and me and Dan have talked actually talk me D, me and D Wyatt. Sorry, um, <laughs> you can call him you know, it Dan
1: and me Daniel. That's actually okay. It sounds So good. he's he's Dan. I'm Daniel. We are uh, uh,
2: not doing that. <laughs> You don't understand. I've been pushing this gimmick for about two months with Kurt. <laughs> oh, okay. Go, go right ahead,
1: D.Y. <laughs> and he is
2: so resistant to the idea, so watching him fold. <laughs> I'm hearing your spirit break, and it's like a melody. <laughs> so so I've leveraged so to get you to the D.Y. part. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: That's right. Oh, that's like too funny. funny.
0: Yeah, but me and, Dan, me and Dan have talked in length about how bad I am with rule books, and then when he... When he, he actually told me about what you had just said is that, you know, some people read to the point where they think that they know it and then that's how they'll play it. And that's it. And I've gone back to other things and we, we had talked about this recently where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just missed that. You know? And it's just like, so I've, I've decided that I'm going to be not that person anymore. Every time I play the game, I'm going to read the rules.
2: No again, have, just to make sure. Me, you have some time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, Kurt. In pandemic, if you cure the disease and then you do the treat action, how many cubes do you remove? All of them. Yay! That is correct. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we can just make a, You know that would be an interesting podcast rules trivia. Just bring oh him yeah. in. Just bring him in and just start asking them questions about rule games, and, and see if they get, know the rules, the accurate rule. Would that be fun? Yeah.
2: The next game show episode—that is a category.
0: That is a category, <laughs> is a category. and I am not world playing world? that category because sort of I will—I will fail all of them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't Mega Man this. Oh, that sounds like a lot of
1: fun. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, <laughs> So, so most days, uh, you know, my average routine is accounts. It it's I've got an endless amount of emails, processing orders, invoicing, billing, things like that. But the last two days have been fun because we focused on playtesting. So it's been going together with the team. Uh, I worked over the weekend, make sure that I had the, some games ready to go. And this is rapid fire cut. If there's not something, it, it, it's like the gong show. We're all just waiting to cut mm-hmm. this game. And we rarely actually get through a full game when we're looking at prototypes because somebody cuts it before then. And, you know, we discuss the reason why we cut it. If somebody sees something of value, uh, they'll argue and say, well, not argue, but, you know, put up an argument and say, well, but what about this? There is something there. And a lot of it is, is—is uh, you know, this part's neat, the rest junk. Uh, and then we decide, then we assign who's going to talk to the publisher or the designer, depending on if it's a license or an original game. So the last couple of days, I've probably. Rose, you know breeze through about 40 50 prototypes and there's two that i that we want and these wow. are the games that actually got to the bring home prototype stage because about one percent of all games that i know about yeah i'd say about one to two percent actually come home with this to to get to this point so just remember uh, most of it we just cut before we even bring it home i didn't bring anything home from Metatopia. nothing really caught my eye there
2: so think about it like this, Kurt. If he usually brings home 1% to 2% of the games, when you make your prototype, make 100 variants of it. <laughs> and then you're cinched to have at least one of them make it home. There we <laughs> go.
1: <numbers> don't lie. <laughs> and, and then after uh, after it gets through that process, we just start even cutting up more. And with acid, you know, there's a lot of stuff from other countries that we're looking at publishing and bringing the English version and, Some of them are quick. Nope, nope. And others are, oh, this is interesting. And someone else gets to, Ryan gets to talk to the publisher on that. He's in contact with them. So uh, that's what I've been doing the last few days. But unfortunately, I still have kind of a pile here on the table of stuff that I still need to go over. We're planning to get together next Tuesday for some more play testing, and also we play the games that we have under contract. And uh, a lot of the developing that I've been doing with the designers. This is where I show the team of where the game's at, uh, the, the changes, the improvements, and, uh, and that's neat. It's neat to see the game go from where it was to where it is and, and get ready for the marketplace. And the industry so competitive that you have to make games. Just a hundred percent. You can't have any lulls, any weak spots. There's a lot of work to to compete as a publisher. You have to be at that level to compete. So I got a question for you. Like, when you play games like yeah.
2: just for yourself and for fun, right? Do you find it hard yes. to switch your brain into I'm
1: actually amongst friends <laughs> and I should not <laughs> critique or? <laughs> Definitely. It's it's interesting you say that because in the last four months, I have cut about three hundred games out of my personal collection. Wow. So e- even though you did see the room, be- you know, I scanned the room before we we started the, the podcast. Uh, yeah, I cut about a third of my collection out.
2: What was Just- the hardest cut? What was the hardest title to let go
1: of? Uh, none of them. It, w- it was. It really came down <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, I've it's, it's, so it's, like
0: it <laughs> it's just like gone sorry bye no,
1: okay I actually some of the games that i actually worked on in my earlier career where i look at it and it's like you know i'm really never going to play this again and even though my name is in the rule book it's like i have no desire to play this again and so i, I like uh,
2: to just picture this idea of him standing over like this vast chasm and he's like you were my first and then he just flips it and looks and turns around and <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm kind of a
0: minimalist. Explodes like a movie.
1: (laughs) Well, I I know you won't believe me looking at my game room and how many games are here, but I am kind of a a minimalist and I really like to just focus on playing games instead of collecting games. And everything in my room, granted, I do have some new acquisitions that I haven't played, but I, I actually play my collection. And if I have no desire to ever play a game again, it's gone, I get rid of it.
2: Well, I see uh, Imotep and Takenoko and a few other titles in the background that are really good picks, so at least they made the... Oh, those are great
1: games. Well, yeah, exactly, because when, now when I look over my game collection, I look at the tiles. and I'm like, oh, that game's so much fun. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's... You know, if there's a, yeah, then I, like, is it time to get rid of it? But I, I walk into my game room and I really have this very pleasant, emotional reaction to my game collection. Things that's that I'm excited about and excited mm-hmm. to play. And I love other people's games. Obviously, I, it would be terrible if I just played everything I worked on. It'd feel like work all the time. And so, it's I'm definitely a fan. But I found that I'm impatient. I don't want to waste time. I don't want to be. I don't want to do too much upkeep, bookkeeping, accounting. I just want to get right to the heart of the game. And that's definitely what I'm looking for as a publisher. That there's so many games that I've seen that okay, it's fun, it's good, but you've got to clean up the interface you've got to hide the math you've got to hide the bookkeeping and just make it pop that's what the industry is is at.
2: no one other thing like um you know like so i I know you got like your playtesting groups and stuff like that uh like is a lot of your family gamers as well like have you gotten a lot of your family into it or only some of them are still like not as much into
1: it Uh, no, uh, my wife, uh, uh, so my wife is marrying. My wife was the best decision I ever made. I married far above me. I'll, I'll tell you that right from the get go, but she is not a gamer at all. Uh, she, she works for, uh, she works for a, uh, Oh man, anti-gaming DNA company. testing company. Yeah, anti gaming. Okay. But her her idea is that you know she's high level management. She's stressed out. She works too much. And when she comes home, she just wants to crochet, watch TV, and release. And her comment is, "Why should I think so hard about something that doesn't matter?" That's how she feels about games. <laughs> 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 that is hard. right well my wife and i are polar opposites i'm the creative person i was a musician i've written songs and she is very literal she's a scientist she has a uh, microbiology degree so one time i was singing an old tans van zant song from the 70s and the lyrics are with eyes to laugh and lips to cry now she's never heard the song and she says uh that's not right Eyes don't laugh, lips don't cry, and, I, and I'm like, like, "Are you having a stroke?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm explaining to her, "I'm like, well, sweetie, those are lyrics, and he, those are artistic. He wanted you to think about what he's saying and feel the emotion. You know, it, it's not literal, of course. Eyes don't laugh and lips don't cry, and and she just couldn't wrap her head around it. And that was a big breakthrough for my marriage, where I realized, oh, she doesn't get metaphors, she doesn't understand. You know, symbolism of things for her, it's very literal. So, if you walked into my house and said, It is so hot outside, her and I will ask you the same question How hot is it? And we want different answers. I want to hear something like, It's hotter than the devil's pitchfork in the depths of hell. And she wants 117 degrees so basically she's <laughs> almost like drax from guardians of the galaxy yeah yeah there you, go. <laughs> know,
2: no, no, there you go nothing goes over my head i'm too fast i would catch it <laughs> oh,
1: man. oh wait i'm supposed to be recording on audacity huh
0: no don't worry about no, we're it covered. i'm gonna t- oh, i'm actually gonna take it okay. off of here so we're all good
1: Okay, good. I can just close that then. Sorry for the interruption of the the conversation. Yeah, it's...
0: And
1: and then uh, I never had children of my own. I was a musician, and that was my first love. So therefore, I didn't get married until I was 35. And uh, she's got two amazing kids. And so the son, he likes board games, but he always loved fishing and outdoor stuff more. And... He, the girl he married, she loves board games. So now we play quite a few board games because of that. But they just had a baby, so the games are now really short. We're, we're not digging into anything too meaty at the moment till the kid gets older. And then her parents also like board games too, and so it's nice that we can get together and play board games together and stuff like that. And uh our daughter's dating a guy and. I don't know. They're kind of at that dating stage where they both like everything of each other's. So we'll see if he really likes board games and she's just kind of so-so. For her, it's more of a social event. But I do have tons of friends that love board games and so I can play games anytime uh, I, I want pretty much. And I like to hang out at the local game store if I'm in town or if I'm not too busy or too tired. I'll just go there and just play with whoever's in the store. And that's as a publisher, that's really good because you get an idea for game store it's not your bgg crowd it's a whole different scene of what they're interested in what gets their attention and what they're asking for and what they're buying and it's it's so fascinating to see that it's it's different than the alpha bubble gamer world that i live in where bgg crowd and rating and everything is so common knowledge and common belief which just isn't where the consumer dollar is Actually, that's uh, kind of a good segue to lead us into where we're going huh yeah. <laughs> I, one, I did plan that <laughs> one thing i actually
2: want to quick note is um so kurt i think you know how i told you like all the local shops around here closed out so now i have to like go to manhattan when i uh want to pick up games so the complete strategist one of my favorite things is all you see is people at the shelves with their phones and they're looking at BGG ratings or looking at review videos. Nobody says a word to anyone. And it's just like all you see is Geek Mark, Geek BGG, B- YouTube videos. I'm like, it's no one like, you know, scanning it to buy it off of Amazon. They want to get it then and there. But it's hilarious that there's like 10 people in a store, not a peep. And it's just like, it's only a 7.1. I don't know if I want to pick this one up today. So. Yeah, it's so yeah. Different, like, right?
0: yeah. Well, like back in the past, where you'd just be like, "Excuse me, young salesperson, tell me about this game." Now it's like, "Oh, I got go on my phone." Oh, wait, well, can't get it.
2: like it's oh, it's great because like game room, it used to be like, "Oh man, like check this out," you know, like it's a, it's like a combat game, but you can actually control it a little bit with car- like there was you know people are excited about games because they were playing them together there. When there's no open play area nobody gives a damn. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> There's
1: no open gaming at the complete strategist that
2: you visit. No, I know, I know they have like a little area in the back or something, but uh, gotcha. I think you have to have like a retina scan, a five-year membership and like, you know, <laughs> you're going to have like two people with the keys on the necklaces turn it at the same time to get through the door.
1: You know, I picture so the other in my head, but I can't remember his name. And I know they have four stores. So maybe they have open gaming yeah. at some of the other stores. He's a dude that likes yelling. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, they, they order well from us. I'm happy for their business. That's the one sound you will hear in the store, card. It's like, I don't know where you're just going, like, Terry, it's right about the back. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: that, that's interesting. It bring up
1: a memory that when I first got into, uh, you know, I always loved board games, but when it started getting interesting in the late 90s and, and, and uh, I'd go to a local game store and it was predominantly – comics and other things and they just had a little corner of of games it's funny i go to the game store now the exact same one and it's mostly board games now it's interesting to see that shift over 20 years or so but i'd ask the uh the guy at the counter hey is this any good Uh, yeah you couldn't get anything out of it and it was before bgg
2: I was going to say, Go you always want the board game section to spread like the cubes and pandemic. Like you want it to take over the whole story <laughs> as the years on.
1: It takes a while, but but it eventually it does. So it was really interesting back then because we didn't have uh, the online website. I, I joined BGG in 2004, so I was in the hobby a good seven years hardcore before you even had that resource. It, it it was it was a different world back then. And the guy behind the counter, I don't know. I could tell you about magic, and you know that was in the late '90s, and every other CCG that was available at the time. That's that was kind of the big trend at that point. And yeah, it was you just read the back of the box and wonder? You really didn't have that resource. And It's neat to see podcasts and so much available for the consumer to pick up. Especially shows like the MFG Cast Kurt? Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what we're here to do. So let
0: let's so let's get into that. Let's get into this whole thing. Um, so let's talk about some family games that we'd like you know that we like to bring to the table. Just you know something that's a little different that we know would bring you know a lot more uh, smiles than just playing the same old you know cards and dice games and stuff like that. Yeah, you know your family is used to playing in the past. Dan had a couple of great ideas. Let we're gonna focus firstly on some games that aren't Mayday games. I know. I I shouldn't have said it, but we're gonna do a couple, and then <laughs> I, I, after I've
1: that, mayday games. Let's do it.
0: That's right, and then we'll and then in in a few minutes here, we'll go down that rabbit hole and we'll talk mm-hmm. about some other games that are awesome. But <laughs> <Go ahead, Dan. laughs>
2: yeah, so we were figuring it's like you know when you go to visit your uh you know your family and stuff like that, you want to like you know everyone already knows you can bring like tickets ride or you know like Uno and. Cards Against humanity or apples to apples, like there's a lot of things that people always go to as a first response, like for the gaming with non-game family gamers, right? We figured we'll try to find like a few alternate tiles, like something that you may not have thought would fit well for your family, and you know, things that are like light, accessible, and you know, also like one of the things that are usually nice about these games, great price tags. So, the first game I was thinking of, Kurt, is Twilight Imperium 4. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Now, I know you think it's difficult, but they say the new combat co- rules are a little more streamlined, so I think Aunt Ellie and Uncle uh, Ricky can handle this. You know? <laughs> There's more races. They're going to love that. It's all, like, I mean, it's it's virtually given away free. It's only 150 bucks when you're fine. <laughs> but let's just say, you know, they're not too so much into space combat, right? Uh, one of my favorite choices, the game of 49. Now, what's awesome is Explaining this game to everyone is gonna be beyond easy because all you have to say is, you know Connect Four? We're doing that with money now, right? The idea is super easy and accessible. You just got upstaged, um, thank you. I was gonna say, we also have an invader. <laughs> Kim is uh, a... <laughs> I was gonna say if I looked over there it was someone in a clown mask and like they had a knife, it'd be like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> so what's nice is with the game of 49, you know, like I said, super easy to explain to people, it goes up to five, right? So you got, you know, a nice size for the table. And it's really fun because it's a bidding game and everyone understands how like auctions and bidding work. So all you have to do is go, oh, we bid for the spot. You don't just drop your token. And then you also let them know, oh, and hey, you see this like wild card? Every time these come out, after somebody wins that card, we'll get money again. It's very easy. People understand it quick. And what's great is like this game is at Barnes and Nobles. It's at Target. It's at tons of stores. And it's like 20 bucks. And it's good for gamers. It's good for the non-gamers. The idea is super quick and easy. And there's also something that's always inherently fun about like seeing your parents getting into like a waging war or like, you know, your aunt or something like, you know, doing that surprise, like I'm going to bid $83. Wait, what? And It's like, she just won. Oh my God. She just won. Like, (laughs) you know, like the quiet person sneaking in a victory and stuff like that. So that's always a good pick. And one other that I'm also gonna go for is code names. There's so many variants of it now. There's code names, codename pictures, codename Duet, codename Disney, codename Marvel. And again, what's great about that is you can play as many people as you want. You can do small teams, you can do big teams. If you want, you can get like uh, codenames Disney or Marvel to go for the kids. The concept again is like pretty simple. you know, it doesn't have to be that competitive. And it's another game that you're gonna find super cheap, like 20 bucks a pop. And again, you can find it in so many stores that even like if next week, you know, you're like, oh my god, we, we you know, that's right, tomorrow is the family gathering. You can always just run out and grab this somewhere. Like it's it's very accessible. And the best part is I've had code names like for years now, and every iteration that comes out just makes it more and more fun. Like the game has never gotten old. Even like duet, if just like say you and your significant other. Sitting together by the fire, getting ready for Christmas morning, duet is a really fun game just to play together, you know. Plus, I like to think it puts you on the same page, it makes you feel even closer to your other at the holidays. It's a pretty sweet deal.
0: Well, and, that, and that's what we're all about getting families together and keeping them together, right?
2: That's um, pretty much the goal, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no you're kidding, kidding.
2: You're up your stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's true, that's true. Um, I'm going to make sure that one of these things that I just set up does not fall apart. (laughs) It's a jenga tower. No, it's not, but it's close. I have a couple of games that I actually like to, that I like to bring to the table that um, uh, are super fun. Uh, One of the ones that we're kind of hooked on right now to play with my family when we go over to my parents' house is Go Nuts for Donuts. This game is just, is a super easy game. It's all about just, um, you know, everybody gets a card depending upon the number of players, and then you vote on which one that you want. And you basically get points for these cards depending upon what they say, like some of them. Like this one says, you know, you get two points, but you give one of your cards to another player. Some of them have positive, some of them have negative. The art is phenomenal. Came right really did a great job with whoever the artist is on this. I'm sorry, I don't know the artist at the time. Game. You know, but basically you're just, you know, you're doing the... Taking a number of what which, which card that you want, putting it down, everybody, you know, kind of rev- after everybody's picked their number, they reveal what they want and they kind of go around. This game can be super fun because you can be the person that just plays it for fun, or you can be like me, where you decide that during this game, I'm going to pick the numbers that I know everyone else is going to pick because if you pick the same number. That card is discarded. And I love doing that because I love doing the
2: jerk play.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it, especially when I'm playing with my son Logan because I know that he's always going for the most expensive cards for the most part. So then when I see something that's really expensive, I'll be like, oh, I know he's going for that. So I'll do that, you know. And just so he can be like,
2: Dad, I love that moment. (laughs) I bet you play your son.
1: Hey, when Logan wins, he knows he's beat you. You don't give it to him. Yes, How Simple is that
0: exactly, exactly. He does, and it's funny too because now he's at that great age where he gets that kind of stuff, you know. Nice. And he'll he'll say that every once in a while. He'd be like, "Dad, you did that on purpose." I'm like,
1: "Yes, I did." <laughs> hey, you realize he learns from you, so therefore, when he starts throwing oh, yeah. these these nasty tricks at you and being mean, he got that from you. Keep that in mind. Yes. When you're it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Hey, when he does it to me, I actually smile. I'm like.
1: That's my boy. boy. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome.
0: (laughs) But we have great fun with it anyway. It's just, it's a ton of fun. It's My family is, I love my family because my family got me into games, my mom and my dad. And, you know, it's all the old classics like your Monopolies and Sorries and stuff like that. So I love bringing some of these other games to the table some win some lose you know (laughs) i can tell like my my sister i've talked about her in the past she doesn't like too many complicated games if you throw something on the table you can tell within two seconds if she likes it or not if she she'll give you a face like you know i'm like okay i guess we're not playing this game you know i'll bring out the next one you know but you know with this one it's an instant hit you know people are just like oh this is cool you know and like i almost you know everyone's always like you should have brought donuts. I'm like, okay, it's, it's a game. You know, if you want donuts, you wow. can get some, but you know, it is just a game. So I, but, you, you
1: sold know. me. I'll order it tonight. Yeah,
0: I'll, <laughs> I'll <grab> it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, and it's fairly cheap too. And I can't remember how much we paid for it. Do you remember how much we paid Hun? 15? I mean, so come on. Yeah. So, I mean, for that, for that amount of money, I mean, you can, you just can't pass it up. Another game that uh, Dan actually got us into that can also be very cutthroat but actually very fun is Six Nemet. Six Nemet's a great game. It's one of those that just you're putting you're putting out cards and then you have to basically follow you have like a line of what is it, Dan five or four? It's
1: uh, five, four.
0: isn't it? Oh it's four. four. Is it okay. So either way, you you, know, you put your nice you put your cards out there. <laughs> But then, you know, whenever you put a card down, you have to basically go higher than one of the other cards. Otherwise, you have to, you know, take uh, take the cards that are there and leave the card that you decided to put down. And then depending upon... You get the points depending upon how many bulls you get. So you want to get the least amount of points. And then I think it's... Was it 60? before you lose. And this is a game that is pretty easy to learn, but I think it actually... Takes a, takes a bit of strategy to kind of perfect and it can be one of those, also one of those games and I think that's the reason why Dan is laughing is like it could be one of those games where you can well, you know, really make people mad if you wanted to.
2: When you said it's easy to learn, are you implying that it's pretty unlikely that somebody would misread the rules and play the wrong way about 45 times and then people ended up liking the wrong rules more so and that's how everyone just keeps playing here now?
0: Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's pretty much it. Okay, I just want to. Well, that's well, that's, that's that's just that's the mark of a great game. Even if you play it wrong and you still like it, then it's pretty darn good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, Daniel, I saw you got up from your chair, so I think you grabbed a few games that you. Yeah, thought were... I, gr- I
1: grabbed a couple that uh, I find accessible and fun. So um, I'm going to a party tomorrow night. It's the Empty Nesters in the neighborhood. So we're talking a group of. Late 40s, early 50s. And I'm bringing Happy Salmon to this group. And it's going to be fun to see them switcheroo and run around the table. But I did not know this until I was scrambling to find games that would handle 12 people. That if you buy the blue fish, still has the price tag on it for the party, that you could play 12 players. Nice. So they're actually different colors. And so it's going to be fun. It's going to, I'm going to beat them all because I'm aggressive. And so uh, I I can't recommend Happy Salmon enough. I I just think that this game is fabulous. It's talk about accessible. If you can wiggle your fingers, pound it, high five, or walk around the table, you can play. It's just a fabulous game. Uh, Wits and Wagers, you guys have probably played that. Very accessible. Uh, The trivia game where you can win if you don't know trivia. Brilliant, brilliant idea and very accessible for that. And I'm breaking one out to the group tomorrow called America, another trivia game. Have you guys played this or seen it?
3: No, I've never really seen, seen that game. game. Okay.
1: So, uh, yeah, you know, what's interesting. I get pitched trivia games all the time. But what amazes me is that I get pitched roll-and-move trivia games. And so, therefore, my competition is Trivial Pursuit, which I can't compete with, and also... Who wants to roll and move? Because in Trivial Pursuit, you spend far more time rolling and moving than you actually do answering questions. And what you really want to do in a trivia game is just show your friends how much stupid crap you really know. That, that's it. And so it, it's fascinating that you can sometimes go through too much. But in America, you have different categories. I'll put that close to the screen. So this is pizza. Pizza is the categories, and it asks what state, what time, and a number. And on the back side is The Walking Dead. So the player, the active player, chooses which side he wants, and then players place cubes on a board of where they think it's the exact state. For example, The Walking Dead would be Georgia. And if you get it in Georgia, you get most points, but if you get it next to the states around Georgia, you'll get less points. And so therefore, you can actually bet or place cubes on where you think is close enough. Or the time. What? So this is actually walkers killed in seasons one through four. So you can bet on that number. And the closer you are, the more accurate and the most points you get. So therefore, it goes back and forth. And I think with the couples, it will be fun because couples are different. Uh, I can do Walking Dead questions, and my wife can do crocheting questions and DNA questions. So it'll actually be kind of good. But if you guys haven't played America by Messier Games, it's it's fabulous. It's definitely worth checking out.
2: I kind of want to look into that now that sounds really awesome actually it, yeah it, it's
1: a blast uh, there's a local convention in Utah called Salt Cod and Trent Howell, the board game reviewer he showed it to me last year and we had so much fun and I don't know who picked Gilmore girls but none of us knew anything about Gilmore girls or the characters uh, but it was just so stupid fun to play so i I highly recommend it for groups it's easy it's accessible and uh they've also done fauna and flora same of the same of the same uh same gameplay, but different themes. But with America, it's pop culture. There's TV shows. There's there's a wide variety of events. There's some historical. I could do okay with the history. But really good game there. And you guys have probably seen Ink and Gold just... A really yeah, plain, I never, I've never actually accepted. got this way, though. Oh, man. See, I actually bought a second copy because, so I could accommodate 12 people, which means I have to boost up the treasures. So I'll have to get, send you a copy or something. It's really fun. But, by the way, Kurt, do you want to give him some flack for picking up the same
2: game twice? Because uh, every time I seem to do that...
1: No, <laughs> well, I did it on purpose <laughs> to accommodate 12 players for some party I'm going to.
2: I do it because I don't feel like walking between rooms to play the game <laughs>
0: <laughs> daniel is the antithesis of our dan is the antithesis of daniel's room because it's like daniel's like yep i've i've called a lot of good stuff and dan's like i have five copies of lord's water team
1: awesome. <laughs> guess how many four miles are in this house at the same time <laughs> oh that's funny uh, you guys have probably played quicks i know this isn't the original package but the dice game have you guys played this one
0: Quicks is good. Yeah,
1: Quicks. It's literally just six dice in a spreadsheet. I laminated these and and, uh, used dry erase markers. That's why I'm in a different package. Mm -hmm. But uh, very accessible, very easy game. If if you haven't played that, that's a blast. And uh, one of my recent favorites is King Domino. Oh, yeah. King Domino is amazing. It's uh, just 20, 25 minutes of fun. It's just a really good game. And then have you guys seen Shake and Take? No, No, I haven't seen that. Okay, uh, this is very accessible, very family-friendly, and what it is is that you have a sheet of aliens, and as you can see, the aliens are basic shapes, squares, triangles, circles. So, as a player, you roll this dice. Oh, where's the camera? There it is. You've got shapes. You roll the dice, a shape comes up, and you're circling as many shapes as you can, but the guy next to you has got this egg dice, and he shakes this until the alien comes up. Can you see the alien in there? And he literally steals the pen, which has an alien head on it, <laughs> try <laughs> erasing the inside, steals the pen from the other guy and starts, and then he rolls the dice and starts scribbling, circling uh, the icons. Yes, it is stupid fun. But it is so much fun that you are just shaking the egg and you're cussing because you had it but didn't quite have it. You still depend, you're cussing because you were in the middle of circling something. Uh, it is plays up to 10 players. It's just very fun, very accessible. And obviously, this is not rated high on Board Game Geek, but who cares because it's so much fun and it is accessible for all family members. And it's neat to see all the great games that are not in the top 1,000 on BGG.
2: So, Here's a quick thing that uh, to throw out for you about that, though. Um, recently, uh, hearing on uh, Cube Love podcast, they were talking about ratings on BGG, and they were noting the games that are just super silly fun, the reason they don't have a high rating on BGG, odds are the people that are having super silly fun don't even know about BGG, <laughs> not right. care enough to rate their games.
1: Yes, uh, we all live in bubbles. You You just can't escape yeah. that. And it's fascinating to see... How your bubble is different. A good example. I just went to Pax Unplugged, and there was absolutely no buzz about Pax Unplugged on my Facebook feed, and it was swamped with BGG Con. So you have three thousand people at BGG Con, and you had thirty five thousand. I got a lot of the uh,
2: Pax Unplugged feed, and I was super jealous of everyone that had the Terraforming Mars expansion. (laughs) 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 By the way, Kurt, I do got a quick ask you with the um, with swiping the pen back and forth and rolling the dice. How long until one of us gave the other the people's elbow do you
1: think it would be uh, <laughs> maybe five? Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Uh, either on accident or on purpose.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a stupid fun game. And I'm sure you guys played Zombie Dice. It's kind of have all the expansions in a plastic tote. That, that's accessible. You can teach that in five minutes. Those are kind of my go-to games for the holidays. At least the non-Mayday go-to games for the holiday. That's right.
0: Well, let's talk about some. Let's talk about some media games that are really good. Daniel was nice enough to send some demo copies out to both of us, which thank you very much for doing. By the way, that's that's way cool. We were able to play three fun games: uh, coconuts, click clack, lumberjack, and why am I not? Why, okay, yep, because I can never remember the name of this game. So I'm I gonna, can't either. I know. Chopstick Dexterity Mega Challenge 3000. Here, I'll put it out here so people can actually see. We call um, that
1: chopsticks for short.
0: There you go. I would call it that too because, man, that is a hard one to remember. <laughs> but But um, I wanted to start with my favorite, actually, out of the three, which is Click Clack like Lumberjack. And I just wanted to show people because I made it. Tracy's like, why are you making so much noise upstairs? I'm like, I'm...
1: I'm
0: working. That's what I I, tell my wife when I'm having fun. That's right. So I made the click-clack lumberjack. Okay. So what you're doing is basically you're just making a nice little tree, and what you're trying to do is you're trying to get the pieces of the bark off without getting the um, core in the center because the core in the center gets you negative points, and then the different pieces of bark, one just fell off. As soon as you kind of knock them off, they kind of slip off like this. Um,
1: the power of gravity. This game would not work without gravity.
0: Oh, for sure. And it's funny, too, because when I first put it together, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. You know, it just, <laughs> it just looked like it wasn't going to, you know, work out well. But when you get to do it, like I, we just had a ton of fun. The only problem that we did is when we first started, we're like, oh, OK, we got to start at the top. So we're like, boop. <laughs> like barely hitting it, you know. And and then you know so then finally you know finally we get to the point where you know one would fall off, but then by the by the uh, you know I think we played this quite a few times so probably about fourth fourth or fifth game we're realizing that hey oh you can smack it at the bottom a little bit oh you can smack it at the top a little you can get it in the middle you know because we, we were just like really doing it like like we were pl- like being like really really easy surgeons, you know, or careful surgeons were like, okay, we don't want to do this too much, you know. But I'm not going to go too hardcore with this thing because once it falls, it will make a log boom on the microphone and no one's going to like that. But yeah, um, You should
2: knock over a couple of tears just so you can uh, let everyone know the terror that happens.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. So, here, I'll, oh, God. Yep, so, <laughs> so I knocked over the whole thing.
1: Oh, I should have said the noise-reducing play mat that goes with it.
0: <laughs> oh, no kidding. But hey, that 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 wouldn't be any fun though because when you actually do that, everyone's just like, oh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it,
1: it was kind of interesting to develop the playmat. It's a 20 by 20 inch square. And so what we would do is we would play the game and we would measure how far away from the stump they would fall and bounce. So we realized it would catch the fall, but not all of the bounce. So it served its purpose and kept it at a nice price point of being 20 by 20 inches.
0: You know, again, it's it's not a not a very expensive game. It's you know, I'll I'll apologize. Like when you first look at it, you're thinking, okay, you know, what exactly is this game? It's just, you know, chopping wood down. But like yep. when you get into it, it's like, you know, like you know, the whole thing that I did with the with the axe, and I just barely touch it. Like it's funny when someone like you get two hits. So when we were doing it, you know, we'd be like, okay, careful, you know, and you want to smack it, but then you'd like barely hit it. Or like you do that thing where like you like whiff and you're like, oh, my God, (laughs) like, nope I did (laughs) not did nothing. That was awesome. You know, or you do what I just did and then you smack it too hard and everything goes down and you got, you know, negative a million points because you're
1: terrible. So uh, one of the most interesting games that I had of Click Clack Lumberjack, it was at Geekway, Geekway to the West in St. Louis. And I was playing with a guy that was an engineer and he was playing to not win, but to make me lose. So he was just weakening <laughs> the structure so that it would tumble on my turn. I tried that with Kim and it blew up in my face. Well, he
0: was
2: like beating physics. I don't even know how she was doing
0: this.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: A great part of this game is that it's it's so well made mm-hmm. that you know you just never know. You know, there'd be parts where you you think you've got it all figured out and you don't, you know. You know, and I, I like that. Um, th- this game also comes with a bunch of variants too, so it's not just you know playing the same thing over and over again, where you are just like, okay, now do we, what do we do? And it also, in, you know, inspired me to think of, oh, what there might be some other things that we could do to make it variants for this too. So
1: definitely, yeah. I should have sent the promo cards because those kind of add some interesting twists. They're like one-use cards that you can kind of use on each other, like force them to hit yeah, backwards, yeah. opposite hand, uh, called shot, that kind of stuff uh unfortunately I wasn't thinking that because when I sent this I was in the middle of the holidays and working like a dog so I apologize
0: <laughs> that's okay it happens we still had a ton of fun so I mean it's it's, it's one of those games that you, you know it's it's just a pleasant surprise and I you know we're very very excited to play it so
1: that's glad you guys liked it. It's it's really popular with the uh, with the stores. Uh, when I go to the distributor shows, I have a lot of wholesalers or a lot of store managers that come up and store owners, and just tell me about how well it sells in their store. It's uh, it's just a great game and it's accessible. The people that walk in off the street, they're looking for a game. This is one of them that they can sell. Them.
0: All right, Dan, why don't you talk about one of the other ones that we that we got? All
1: right, so
2: coconuts. Um, coconuts is actually kind of funny. Because you're gonna get these like four little monkeys that apparently like so now the goal is to launch the coconuts into these cups right and you're trying to collect a like a pyramid of cups there's the monkey right there to uh, you know to win the game you need to get a pyramid of six however apparently these monkeys have like hydraulic lifts in them because I did not know I <laughs> so when Kim was reading the rules. I shot a coconut and knocked the book out of her hand. That was the ever in my life. Oh, that's awesome. And I actually got and I got one of those. Really? This is what we're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> um you know what's funny? Like uh, so the other thing too is like the coconuts are rubber and they're not like perfect spears or anything. They're like a little like almost like lumpy-ish. So you're not gonna get a clean, cold shot. You know, which also threw me for a loop the first time. Like, I you know, like I expected, like, perfect aerodynamics. I'm like, oh, no. But it's a really, like, it's a fun game because, you know, it's just, like, literally just, like, you know, aim your shot, take your shots. Like, there's also these cards that are, like, little modifiers and everything else. I know it sounds so odd. This thing gave me flashbacks to when I was a kid playing crossbows and catapults. Did you ever play that? Did you ever see that one as a kid or anything? Like,
1: I did see it, but I I never played it. It's I think I was a little bit older when it came out. I'm 48, so keep that in mind.
2: I'm actually I'm forty-two and I know this is around when it was yeah. It was basically like these like, you know, rubber bands are the tools and it was like little catapults and crossbows, and you were shooting discs to like knock over these like little plastic brick castles at each other. Yep. And with coconuts, I was like, man, this like you know, just like that, trying to aim the shot and get that perfect like Oh, maybe just a little lower. Oh, wait, that was too low. Too much pressure. All right, man, <laughs> a little lighter tops. Like, and I was like, man, this is like awesome. We actually uh, we started playing it further and further across from each other at the table, oh, nice. like getting more and more out. And we're like, and uh, the other thing that I thought that's kind of funny is like, you know, it's great for kids, but if you got a couple adults around, you can almost make this a new modified variant of like
1: beer pong or something. <laughs> <laughs> we hear that quite a bit from from our customers that man coconuts is the best drinking game and it is the number one rated children's game on board game geek and it's it, it's a great product for us. We sell so many especially this time during Christmas. But uh yeah, we hear that all the time that how much fun and I've even heard uh people pitch it as it's like beer pong for kids. Since you're yeah, trying to get <laughs> the ball into the cup.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy because when I when I first when we first got these, that's the first thing I saw. I was like, "Oh my god, this monkey is so cute! I yes. love it so much." You know, and then I give you know,
1: those. I was just saying, I give the monkeys to store owners so that their customers can fiddle with them, and then they can say, "Hey, let me show you coconuts," and they can teach the in five true. minutes.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, and it, it's funny too because, you know, when I first pulled it out and I saw how long the monkey's arms are. And then I saw how far this, the monkey ar- arms went down. I'm like, this is going to be murder for everybody. You know, just, like, <laughs> I just knew it was just going to be, I, you know, I ended up, you know, we, we played it in our, in our dining room and I ended up closing vents and like keeping the dog away. Yeah. I was like, OK, I don't want my dog to choke on this. I don't want it going down there. You know, I was like, <laughs> I just want to make sure everybody is safe. And for some reason, here's your little coconuts right here. It looks like a little piece of chocolate. I just want to eat it. I you don't eat it, you know, keep it away. There's a
2: token has it for Kurt too. <laughs> <laughs> there is something behind that.
0: Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, it's just there's just something about you know launching little coconuts into a cup that it's it's simple but yet super fun, and um, you know, like you know, just having the whole thing where it's like these, these things don't automatically, you know, pop in or pop out. There's, you know, things where like Dan was talking about before, like he probably wasn't talking about it now, but he talked, we talked um, before and he said that like, sometimes it would like actually hit, hit the table and pop right in. Or sometimes it would pop, you know, pop in and you think, Oh, I got it. And then it would pop right back out. And it's just,
1: yeah. I He's mean, it's crazy problems. how, yeah, how the mechanics
0: work on this so well.
1: Definitely. Yeah, they, they're just kind of an odd shape and they bounce well. Uh it's it's funny because at conventions demoing that. I pick up hundreds of coconuts over the weekend off the floor. <laughs> and th- there's times where you'll just get a group of children that comes in. And, I mean, it's the noise, the cacophony, coconuts are flying everywhere. It's chaotic. So I start kind of pocketing them so that there's less that I have to chase. And then after they leave, <laughs> I just empty my pockets and then put them back out again and stuff like that. But we do sell extra coconuts on our website if anybody runs out of them. And we have other colors. We have green, pink, Uh, brown that comes with it, and red. I think we're out of red, though. So when we made the green coconuts for the Kickstarter, this, this came from Korea, Korea Board Game Company, they were questioning why we were making green coconuts. But they saw how excited people got over the different colored coconuts that they started making blue and other colors which aren't available in the United States. So it's kind of interesting how the different colored coconut idea that Seth Hyatt came up with, the owner and CEO of, of Mayday Games, just kind of stuck and went outward, and they took the idea and ran with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got to think a little bit outside the box sometimes, you know, it's like you, you, you're thinking, you know, theme for the game and stuff like that. But it's a kid's game. Of course, you know, if you have something that's a little, you know, uh, cooler looking color, you know, the kids are just our kids or adults are just gonna be like, oh, that's fun. I want to do that. You know,
2: <laughs> definitely. definitely any game that lets you launch objects kids
0: will generally enjoy oh yeah for sure and I definitely do enjoy that these are nice little cozy ones that if you actually were to step on them they wouldn't make you curse out loud so I appreciate that also (laughs) so um, the last game that you that made a cent for us to play is a game that I am awful at but I still like playing and this is that um, (laughs) chopsticks (laughs)
2: Wouldn't it be chopstick um, to charity? Mega Challenge
0: 2000. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So basically, you're just you're picking up parts of sushi and stuff like that. Different, different icons and stuff like that. You're you're flipping over your little your little disc, and then you're grabbing. The only thing I don't like is that my hand hurts after a while because I am terrible at <laughs> chopstick. <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. But it, it's still super fun. Also, this piece. I don't like this piece because this piece is very hard for me to
1: get. Oh, for me, it's the yeah. sushi rolls, the, the 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 uh cylinders that are tough for me. Oh, you know what's funny?
0: Is you would think that these would be hard, these would be harder for me, but these aren't as hard as this. Now, this is is this sashimi, am I right? I don't know.
2: I, can you show us your med
0: space uh. Kurt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, not very good, am I? <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah,
1: okay, hey, I got one. <laughs> you remind be of Kung Fu Panda right there.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, the th- and the thing about this game, too, is that, you know, you can, you know, it's got certain rules where there's hack, which is legal. You know, you can, you know, if you pop the, the piece of sushi or, the you know, the piece out, you know, you can put it in and start over again. Well, you can get pretty, uh, pretty testy when it comes to stuff like that. Because me and, me and my wife are playing, <laughs> and it would get to the point where she'd be like, Oh, you got it. Oh, wait, you don't. And she'd flip it out, or she'd be like, Oh, wait, you got it. Oh, wait, here's I've had the ball now. You can't get it. So oh, basically, cute. it turned it turned, yeah, it turned more into it turned less into grabbing. Uh, grabbing grabbing stuff and and just being like stab or throw or you know it, everything Dude. but flip the bowl basically.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, real quick. I don't know how she was doing it, but Kim was swiping them out of my chopsticks as I was pulling them away. Look
1: at Kim, like yes, I <laughs> will. <was> <laughs> You're not seeing her reaction, but she's totally upstaging you here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's funny
0: because it it, it, it it makes me think like when you guys are going to go out to eat next you'll be like doing
2: that you know <laughs> like, well like she was like oh well you know how to use chopsticks you eat with chopsticks all the time i'm like yeah but no one's ever trying to like fight me for my food
1: <laughs> <laughs> and your food is pliable like it gives but the wooden pieces no nope. it definitely handles different than food
0: yeah, definitely. So you, you really had... I mean, this this is a dexterity game all the way true because you really have to have good dexterity to be good at this game. You really do. <laughs> you so, do. You know, it kind of... It, yeah, so it... it You know, maybe it's something. Next time I actually go go out to eat, maybe you know, and I and I actually actually use chopsticks. That maybe I will be a lot better than I used to be. So,
1: right? You know, it's it's interesting because you know, hold up the box if you would uh, on chopsticks. Um, Now that box does not really get people's attention so in a game store i could see how people would just kind of overlook it and it's one of those games that you actually have to see the game you have to see the real components and play the game so the bowls and the chopsticks are actual bowls and chopsticks used in china which means the project was delayed because we had to get a government warning to say it's not safe for food because Well, different manufacturing, but what's interesting about this game is when we break this out at conventions, I've seen people go to the ground, I've seen elbows, I've seen people pin each other, I have seen some incredibly violent games where you'd think it was a wrestling match and not a game of coconuts, and it's just just ridiculous. But if you want to see something, it was last September in the Mayday Games feed. There's three. There's no. There's four guys: a store owner and two of his his uh, managers. From uh, I think they are in. It's like uh, right above Georgia and Florida, Kentucky. My states are off, Alabama, but somewhere in the South. And I got, I knew how competitive they were. I've seen them play games before over the years. And I literally just started filming this, and they were it did disappoint they were down on the ground they were fighting they were like punching each other to get the coconuts they go for it. but it is a ridiculous fun game and i could sell it like crazy at cons and so it's i even talked to store owners of if you're going to sell coconuts in your store let me get you a, a demo so that you can sell it and really show the customers of what a great game it is and just so you guys know that when we are out of our current print run we're done with that there's only 300 copies in our possession so if you're looking at getting chopsticks you're going to want to get it now because there will not be another print run from us
0: yeah the the components are really well that's something i actually was going to talk about like i didn't realize these are actually real chopsticks but the yeah, bowl so the bowl down. the bowl is a, the bowls are amazing like i'm like wow you really went out of your way to you know make the components you know just
1: yeah, that's the real deal. That's that's the real stuff from China, right there.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Um, I, I will talk a couple more about a couple other games from Mayday that I always really dig. It's funny, I actually don't have the one I actually want to talk about. I have all these awesome <laughs> games here, and I didn't pick the one I want here. I'm just gonna reach my hand over here.
1: Oh, you made me want to guess then.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, anybody know what it is? Anybody know want to know what that, that's missing uh, this thing here? Get
1: bit. Lock the plank.
0: Garbage Day. Dan was right.
1: Oh. Garbage Day. Oh, I should have guessed Garbage Day.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is this is my favorite game from you guys. I love it so much, and it's funny. It's one of those games too. And I, we, you know, I talked about it when we did the review. It's like one of those that you know, just like that, just like chopsticks. It just it doesn't look like a game that you know maybe you know you wouldn't you know necessarily dig sometimes because it's just when you look at something, sometimes you don't quite understand what it is until you actually play it. Right. Well, with this game, with the cards, I mean, it's crazy how these cards, you know, you have to put, you know, have to put them on top of the, you know, of the garbage can, but you also have to make sure you don't cover up the holes. And it's crazy how much, you know, I don't know if it's the garbage can itself, or if it's the play of the cards that, it's crazy how well it's, you know, it just sits together. And then, you know, as the cards keep going and going, as you can see here, like it's it's just yeah. it's crazy how, you know, well it stands up. And sometimes like when Logan plays this, he is just there's no care in the world for anything. He'll just drop them, you know, or he'll be like he you know, it's one of those things where. It, it, it's just crazy how it just it still stands up after all of that I mean it's just <laughs> I mean you can just keep going and eventually cards will fall down but I mean just love how cool this is you know and it's one of those things where you know every time we've played it we've enjoyed it just a ton and I love like the little you know little goofy things like with this one where it's like the VHS tapes with the Babylon and Babylon 2 and just like how gross some of this stuff can actually be and you're like oh yeah this is my dorm room back in you know whenever you know so
1: so it, I it, just, it's, it's interesting to bring that up. The prototype were just white cards with the titles that you see. And so it was very interesting to see if the artist start to flesh out. And we did have discussions that we wanted to tap into that garbage pail kids era. So we wanted the artwork to be grimy and gritty because we're looking at the age of our demographic. It's like, well, that's kind of late 20s, early 30s. That would be, you, you know, that's that all that that you see was by definite design and discussion. Yeah. And it was yeah. neat to see how the artist conceptualized the descriptions and it, it was neat to see that game come alive.
0: Yeah. And I, I like the little the smell expansion too, where it's like, you know, yeah, you <laughs> obviously all this stuff is going to be gross and you're going to smell it all. So it's got all these oh, nose definitely. cards and stuff like that, that kind of, you know, make for, you know, more cards to put out and more cards to divvy out because you've got those some special cards that, you know, make you, you know, give other people you know, their their garbage and stuff like that, where they have to yeah. clean it up and stuff like that. And you get to a certain point and you have to clean it up. So
1: I just definitely and the, the development on that was really easy. The the designer Shane Willis, he's just he's top-notch guy. He's very detail oriented. And the only thing I had to do is make sure that the make mischief cards triggered consistently where you placed it in someone else's room and then it triggered that way and so uh that that was it that was the only thing i really had to do on developing of that it was clean it was ready to go it was a great project to work on
0: again it's just one of those games where every time i played it i've enjoyed it and i sing its praises all the time so i just another game that i really dig too that a lot of people will say that they love the app more but i dig it a lot is dead man's draw I mean, it's just, it's super fun. You know, every card has a little ability. I mean, the art is phenomenal. You get your characters with their special abilities and stuff like that. It's just an easy game. It's super cheap and it's super quick. I I just love playing this all the time.
1: Yeah, that was a fun game and very interesting to work on too because Stardock is a video game company. And so when I was developing that game and coming up with the rule book, I was actually playing the iOS app and the Steam version of it. And so uh, I'd be card counting, I'd be sending emails back and forth and asking them questions about how to manage the game, what was going on. So very fascinating project to work on where you saw the the video games and the board games just collide and see the similarities and differences. But I I can't praise that game enough. I've played it over 300 times and I can still sit down and play it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah it's know, just one know, of those play. one of those games you can you you can pop into your you know into your if you have a big enough pocket or you can throw it into a book bag or a purse or whatever.
2: What I like though is that you can actually just play it without any of the character cards or anything special, oh, just yeah. to make it an easier game for people. Once they get the hang of it, then you're like, oh yeah, here's some even more things that make this awesome. That's like that's a really... one that and one of my favorites is a, a buddy who like never played push your luck games before like we were showing it it's like you know like oh you want to try to get all these different cards it's like yeah but you know like i want more cards it's like okay then flip yeah but i don't <laughs> want to bust it's like to the world of push your luck. <laughs> it's like that's you feel that like torturous decision that no matter what you decide it's wrong yeah that's every card in these games <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: fun so a mayday games title that i did send you now, I know you can't read that. This is the Russian version of Get Bit, and this is a bigger box, so I put all my expansions and extra figures in one box. That's why I went with it. But uh, I'm sh- sure you guys have seen the game where you actually have plastic figures.
2: Yeah, that actually tear apart, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, that is that that's that is amazing that you literally just rip their arms off. The game is that, uh, for people that don't know it, that you're out swimming a shark, and the shark literally if you're at the end of if you're near the shark at the end of the turn then you get bit and you lose a limb and many people look at this and say yes that looks like a lego shark and it does look like a lego shark but it's not we actually reached out to them and they ignored us so we had to make a similar <laughs> shark <laughs> for the game and so uh, just just, just a great shit. game <laughs> there you go so um, if you haven't played get bit this is a very accessible family fun friendly game that you can play
0: yeah, and 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 what kid doesn't like to see little little guys get their arms and legs ripped off? I know my son does.
1: <laughs> you know, even as a 48-year-old man, uh, I still have a thing about sharks. I don't know why. It's just so exciting to me, and I still watch Jaws at least every year or so. So I guess it never leaves. <laughs> <You know? laughs> little kids and big kids like sharks and to see things get bit.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. I was gonna say there's actually one more Kim actually has a suggestion. Ooh, oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> Kim. I, we're, we're being crazy. Our
2: silent Kim. partner over here would like to speak.
3: Yes. So uh a game that uh we got recently was Macroscope.
1: Yes, macroscope. And
3: yeah, I was um I had no clue what it was about, and Dan just brought it home one day. And he was like, Do you wanna like play like a guessing game? I was like, okay. So uh, when he takes out the box, there's all these little, like, chips that you got to put together. And you make this weird contraption. It's like a like a little box. It is the macroscope itself. Yeah, it has, like, holes in it. And I was like, well, what is this? <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? And he's like, takes out a whole stack of cards. And you get, like, a, a decent stack of cards, and they're double-sided. And we put it in through the macroscope. And yes. There we go. <laughs>
1: Yep, if you can catch that um, image. And then I'll show people what they're looking at, that there's an image in there. Yes. And then you have to guess
3: the image. It looks like like some kind of animal. I want to say it's an animal. I see, like, a head of, like, cows.
1: I'm going to go with deer. We'll just keep, like, flicking these off until you can see what it is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Do you have any guesses, Kurt? Giraffe! Giraffe! Giraffe, there we go! (laughs) You are good. (laughs) <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. But you um you roll the dice to pick which ones you flick off, right? And then you can you can guess from there. Yes.
1: That is correct. Because yeah. you
3: you don't you you don't just pick them off because that's too easy. You roll the dice, you take a chance of which ones because there's there's a chance that when you roll the dice and one that you take off, it's just gonna be blank white space. So it like makes it a little bit harder, you know. Like I like that.
2: Yeah, and what's cool is like with all the pictures being in black and white, mm-hmm. It gives it tons of like that abstraction where you're like, wait a minute, is that a a moon or a golf ball? I don't know. Like, you know,
3: I had had one where we put it through and uh, we were taking pieces off, and it could have swore a sore face and it looked like a chef face. I was like, oh, is is that a pizza guy? And um, it wasn't. And when we moved the thing, it was like a baby. I'm like, how did I guess a pizza cut yeah. from a baby? <laughs> it's like a baby. It's,
2: it depends on what side of the macroscope you're on. It's yeah. almost like there's like, you know, uh, special images. <laughs> now, I, I do want to ask you this, Dan. Uh, knowing the, the trends that telestrations and apples to apples and everything else went down, is there going to eventually be like a macroscope after dark or something like that? Like- <laughs> uh,
1: no, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, no, there will not be. Uh, we have looked at party games where there could have been an adult version and we are a family friendly game company and we strive uh, to, to keep that. And so interestingly enough in that game, we were looking at providing blank cards and letting people create that experience if they so chose. And so it's very, a fine line to walk at times as a publisher when you are a family-friendly game company. Yeah, see, the problem is
2: with my art skills, even if you didn't have it in the macroscope, you wouldn't know what the drawing is.
1: (laughs) So so you're you're family-friendly by default is what you're saying. But, you know, we have talked about extension cards. We've talked about blank sheets that people can create their own art. Then they can create their their after-dark version of macroscope. That's definitely something that has been discussed without a doubt and uh looking at that i think i am going to take it to that party and just divide people up in couples and let them uh play because i'll host mm-hmm. 12 people if they're doubled up so good, thing you, guys, we'll good thing you brought this up i overlooked it you know I, when i think a party i don't want to take a game i work with i want to take you know something that i don't play all the time
3: yeah right and, and the the image on the box can really confuse me because it's like an elephant and i think like a magician so i was like yeah i was like well, because you're looking at it, I was like, well, what is this game like?
1: <laughs> now, have you guys seen the huge macroscope that we had at Gen Con and at Origins this year? Because it, it definitely brought crowds. People were really excited to see this huge working machine that you would play the game with.
0: Yeah, I saw it. I didn't get to see it. I didn't get to see it. I didn't get to play it live, but I saw it walking walk in the floor, and it, that thing was, like, impressive. I'm like, holy smokes
1: definitely a lot of fun a lot of fun to play with the big oversized cards and sometimes i'll put uh, pictures of that up on the uh, mayday games facebook and let people guess what the image is and stuff like that so macroscope's been a lot of fun for us Mm -hmm.
0: yeah that was that was a game that we brought to my my parents last uh well it's probably been a couple of couple of game nights or whatever but we had a fun little game night where we played that and you know just just trying to get just seeing my parents like really like what is that? You know, we, we, get, we did the whole thing too, where it's like, oh, it's, you know, you think it's like, oh, it's a tiger, and then it's a, it's like a computer, like something totally off, you know? Where
3: did
0: I even come up with that? You know, you'll have really good days where it'd be like, because that's what happened. I think the first couple of times we played, I was like, man, I'm getting these good. And then we, I think that time when we actually went to my parents' house, I was like, I am not getting anything this. <laughs> so my, my brain was just not not getting, you know, any of the any of the shapes, you know. It's crazy.
1: I do pretty good with the food pictures uh, in there. That that's about it. <laughs> Animals not so much. Yeah. I could see where Kim was reaching on that one. They all kind of look <laughs> the same. Four legs, you know, a face. I get it.
0: <laughs> uh, that's great. So, you know, again, we I think we've given you guys plenty of options for, you know, fun little games for game night and stuff like that to bring your families, you know, even, you know, introducing people that you may not even know. Like, you, a lot of times when you get together, you're doing family stuff, but also you may be getting together with friends too. So, you know, don't limit it to, to, to that either. So there's a lot of different options for, you know, a fun game night. Very, what I like
2: about all these titles is like, if you play a little something with, like, you know, your aunt, your uncle, like, you know, your folks or something, if you ever get that text, like, the next time you're hunting over there, oh, hey, can you bring that little dice game? Or can you bring that picture game again? That's when you're like, yes. Yes, good decision last time. Yeah. <laughs> definitely.
1: <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Well, we, we do have some really neat stuff coming up. We have some uh, more in-depth games coming up that you'll be surprised are coming from Mayday Games as we're pushing our limits. And we do have a lot more just... Fun, family friendly, th- quick throwdown games that are on the on the horizon too. So we have a good variety of games coming up that I think that our fans and new fans will really appreciate and enjoy blank. Now, when you said oh.
2: uh, that'll surprise us, are you are you going to finally release that eight hour heavy euro? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but uh,
1: <laughs> to, to, to let a little bit out, we are releasing about an hour and a half kind of a euro trash game so imagining a little bit of worker placement as you're building up your personal space and then also some dice combat type of thing it's a very thematic experience and we have Ben Pinchback and Matt Riddle working on it for us so, so you know they're known as the dynamic duo for a reason we've got some really good stuff coming up uh we've got you know some interesting titles we've got one coming out with uh, Richard Lanius and uh, co-designed with Peter Gooses and Mike Kelly's coming up to uh we just finished the development on that. We're working out a custom dice and tweaking some of the cards, and then we're going to be getting the artwork ready to that. But these are games that you just wouldn't expect from Mayday Games that we feel really good about and, and very strong and passionate about, that they are great games that people are going to enjoy. And, of course, just our standard family-friendly, light, fun, easy to learn, easy to grasp, easy to play games. So we, we have a wide variety of, of stuff coming out. And, uh, you know, you saw one at Metatopia, real-time sorting game. We're not so sure on the name. We might tweak it. Uh, we don't dislike the game, but we feel like there's a better one out there. And so, uh, you know, we've got a lot of good stuff coming out. A lot of, a lot of things to look forward to. And things that I'm excited about as an employee, a developer, and as a gamer that i just excited to show people that we've got some neat stuff coming out.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. You know, like we've talked, we've talked about in the past. You know, we've we've been very, very lucky that Mayday Games has trusted us with reviews and stuff like that. So we've been able to put <laughs> some awesome games. And you know, there's a lot of good games out there that you could get for you know this the you know your family get-togethers, but also you can get for presents too. And right now, you know, on their you know, on their website, it looks like you guys are doing a lot of great deals and stuff like that. You know, some want to get ones and some, you know, percentages off and stuff like that. So it seems like you always, around this time, you guys are always doing some awesome, awesome sales and stuff like that to kind of get people into the, you know, gift giving. Um, Definitely.
1: Uh, we just hired a new uh, vice president of marketing, John De Sober, and she's really been hitting the sales. So there's been a lot of discussion about what sells or when, uh, you know, keep an eye out for a last-minute gift because we're going to be pitching something really soon on our website. If you're not on our mailing list, you're going to want to get on our mailing list. But it's the idea of you only have this many days for Christmas, you only have this much time for the shipping to get to you, one click, one price, free shipping, and we're giving you something great. So keep posted on that. And, of course, right after Christmas, most games – Company slow down well lucky us we're here to cart to sleeve all your new games you got for christmas so we have already <laughs> discussed uh post christmas games uh things that that uh we're talking about we're also discussing uh new year's resolutions when people are making the resolution to sleeve their games we have made discussions about that so we've got some really good sales coming up we've got some uh exciting things planned. And as we go into the next year working with Johnny, it's going to be really interesting what we could create and the buzz that we can create for our customers and the good deals that we can bring to them. So if if you're not on our mailing list, you're going to want to get on there and see what Johnny's got in store for you.
0: Yeah, definitely. I can definitely tell she's doing a great job because there's already been some great stuff out there
1: yep a lot of conversations have been going on that it's it's (laughs) neat to see it all come together it's 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 been a crazy couple months this is the time of year for publishers that's really busy and and we've all been traveling uh i some of my you guys are with me on facebook you've seen my adventures and time and uh metatopia and pax and there there's been some some rough weeks lately but uh mm. it's neat to see it come together and finally everybody's in town seth just got in town from japan uh today and did a little bit of work and ryan's been in town from china for about a week so we're getting some play testing done actually tomorrow we're just going to go see star wars and uh spend a little time team building which <laughs> means i get paid to go see a movie because sometimes <laughs> you need to take a break from playing games at work go figure and uh <laughs> we're going to be working on some development and stuff in the next few weeks before we start scattering because con season starts up with January 12th in San Antonio and uh pack South. And I'll tell you, that's a great place to be in January. That's awesome. Utah, New York and you're in Wisconsin, right? You betcha. Yeah. So a little bit warmer, a lot less snow there in San Antonio. <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely for sure. And you guys, I mean, you guys seem, seem to be doing a great job. And, you know, thanks for all your homework. And thanks for coming on, taking time out of your busy day just to come to talk to us.
1: Oh, no problem. Looking forward to it. I've been looking forward to this conversation ever since I met Dan, and he asked me to be on the show. So I've had a great time, and it's nice to get to know you guys better. And I look forward to Metatopia or any other show that we can cross. I hope you guys can be at Metatopia again. I'll, I hope next year I'm going to be planned better and bring more games to show. Oh, something oh, about to fall you guys' nervous there. It, okay. We have an invader.
3: <laughs> oh <laughs> um, yes. So I think the the next con for uh is um Dream Nation that's going to be in February.
2: Yeah, Dexcon oh, has right. three events a year, so.
1: Yeah, so we'll definitely be at Dream Nation. Gotcha. Now I know I'm, that we'll uh, we've had talk about those, but I haven't heard any de- definite decisions. Mm-hmm. And I did, Ryan confirmed that I will be back at Metatopia this next year. Nice. Nice. So okay. I'm looking forward to that.
0: So go out there and buy some awesome games. You know, don't just go with the choices that we have. You know, ask around. You know, you can follow us at MFGcast on Twitter. You can follow us on our Facebook page. You can talk to Daniel. I know Daniel's probably got lots of other different stuff because he's you know he's played just about every game on the planet and he's cold a ton. So
1: (laughs) you you seem intrigued with this colding idea that I got rid of some games.
0: So yeah, so go out there and you know buy some great games, support Mayday because they are a great company, and everybody that we've talked to is amazing. So go out there and do that. Thanks again, Daniel. So until next Thank time, you. I am Kurt. And this is D wired.
3: This is Kim.
0: <laughs> and this was the Cast. Legends of Tabletop Podcast:
3: Creating Legends on One Die at a Time.